and welcome to the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s and 30s. I'm Chantelle the Coach, a quarter life and confidence coach to single women that are looking to make the most of their single life. On this podcast, we talk about living alone, relationships and dating, friendships and how to really build them, personal development and just making the most of the single life opportunity and seeing it that way, encouraging and embracing the fact that this is something to make the most of now because it could all change later and to stop chasing getting into a relationship but letting that happen as and when it does but for now, making the most of that single life. And on today's episode, we are talking about the quarter life crisis. It's not the first time that I've spoken through this, but I think it's important that we address it again and really go into it in a bit more depth. Previously in episode three, why it's okay that you don't know what the hell you're doing with your life, I spoke through and introduced the concept of the quarter life crisis then, but spoke about it from the perspective of why it's literally okay that you don't feel like you know what you're doing at all points in your life. And that still reigns true you can check out that full episode Uh, and I went into the fact that a lot of us feel like this a lot of us go through the quarter life crisis it's important to note whether we use that language or not the 20s and 30s period has previously been mentioned or called and referred to as the time which you find yourself you know you find yourself in your 20s and some people don't they don't do that till their 30s and I think there are some overlapping ideas such as that and the quarter life crisis that go hand in hand but in today's episode I wanted to talk a little bit more about what it feels like to be in a quarter life crisis and how to know if it's a quarter life crisis or something else maybe Uh, and just to go through some of the different sort of types of quarter life crisis so that you can understand the differences. So a crisis is a period of time in which a decision needs to be made And it can feel intense and overwhelming and there's an emotional element to it. I think a lot of people experience it as a feeling of loss and confusion. And a quarter life crisis is when you just question everything at the age of being in your quarter life. Now, that age means that it's quite a range of years because we know a midlife crisis and we probably put that towards 40s and 50s. Whereas your quarter life is somewhere in your 20s to 30s speaking quite a lot to millennials and probably a bit of Gen Z at this point in time with the idea that we're like, how do we do all of these things? And this is not possible to do all of this stuff. And why am I doing all of this stuff? Do I even want all of this stuff? I think there's a lot of epiphany moments and realizations, which is why I went into coaching to help people with those moments. I don't tell them what to do. That is not the purpose of a coach. And everybody should be making their own decisions about what they want to do in their lives. But actually allowing people to do that when you've had so much influence and conditioning through your upbringing and your environment to think that there is one particular way or only just a couple of pathways that you could be doing all with quite a lot of the success push uh, being there and being what you should be doing. So my example would be the classic that I know a lot of people have gone through because I've spoken to them about it, which was you go to school, you pretty much behave. There's no misbehaviour really or much that doesn't go to plan. Like your grades come out well. There's rarely a report that's that negative. You stay on at school. You go into a university with a 
with a decent set of A-levels uh, and come out of that university degree with a good grade. And then you go and find a job and you build your way up in that job. And then at some point along the way, you meet someone, get married and settle down. And there isn't anything inherently wrong with following that path. That path can be really suitable for some people and they can find their happiness in that and the joy and being content and being feeling well achieved, in fact. But I think there's an element where we have to realise that that's not always such a conscious decision. And this ties in with the mindful living conversation that we had on the Single Girl's Guide to mindful living uh, that takes place every fortnight on a different topic but it's being intentional in what you do there is this moment of realization that maybe you've been on a little bit of autopilot and I think that's a kind of element of the quarter life crisis because there's then that disparity and uh, it is mentioned in Dr Oliver Robinson's research on the quarter life crisis that there's a distinct difference between what society expects of you uh, and says it expects of you versus what you imagine for your reality and what you really want to do. And I think some people avoid or manage the court life crisis in different ways. So naturally following your instincts, such as I don't want to go to university, I want to travel, and you're encouraged to make that decision means that you're in a supportive environment to do it. I think that can help you learn about other things, widen your perspective so that you are better informed to make decisions. I don't know if there are any people that have never experienced a quarter-life crisis, but the stats, as mentioned in number three, and that reference is that the majority at any given point or at the given point a survey was done suggested that people were experiencing a quarter-life crisis. It was nearly 60% of 25 to 34-year-olds. Well, if that was at one snapshot moment in time, there are a lot of people then maybe six months later that aren't anymore but are now, And it would surprise me if near on anyone avoided this feeling at some point. As to whether you personally describe it as a quarter-life crisis or not, probably depends with how you deal with it. If the overwhelm takes over, then I think that's where you can feel inclined to call it a quarter-life crisis because you feel helpless and lost. Whereas if you are able to manage it with the support of friends and family who encourage, who support and you feel that you have those people to go to, maybe it doesn't feel so crisis-like, but once you understand the definition where a significant decision and point of change occurs, then maybe you do. Uh, A little bit blurry in that sense, but it's that idea that we all need to make our own decisions, and for some time, we are just learning. So when you're first born, I think it takes something like seven years. They say the first seven years are the most important because... You are learning everything around you completely and utterly. And that is the programming that you get in the first seven years that will determine the rest of your life and the way that you see things predominantly. And after that, things are quite hardwired. Now, I don't believe that that means it's completely undoable. It's just it's a lot more difficult to do so. And you learn all of your core elements being a child. And we know that we can probably think back to experiences in our later childhood early teenager times uh, where we would be able to pinpoint some key moments of things that happen with friends, things that happen with parents, things that happen with school and teachers where we felt a particular way and that gave us a belief that we have continued until today. 
But within that, we also have the media. You'll have heard millions of times me talk about the media if this is not your first podcast episode. But I think there's a lot to be said, particularly now with how much we are on our phones and looking at media, whether consciously or subconsciously, and what we're absorbing and the messages that we bring in. And so the quarter life crisis can be seen in a couple of ways. Initially, you've got that definition of the overwhelm, the confusion, feeling lost, and probably the fact that you're going to disappoint someone because you're worried about what their reaction is going to be to you not wanting to do what they implied, suggested, or told you you needed to do. And the other way to kind of spot it and know is there's two types, locked in and locked out. Again, this comes from Dr. Oliver Robinson's research, which I will link in the description. So the concept of the locked in court life crisis is that you are committed to particular things and you feel locked in in those commitments. So it might be that you are in a relationship and you're getting engaged. Maybe you're even planning a wedding and that can feel like you're locked in. When you look at a career even, you feel like you're locked into that career, like you're on this path of moving through and progressing and you have that commitment. You've bought a house, whether on your own or with someone else, that's a commitment. And it can feel like either one of those commitments is too much or there's just too many commitments overall and you're not sure if you want these commitments you're not sure if they're for you the other type is locked out and this one I associate with disappointment the idea that you want to be doing something else but you can't get into it because there are xyz blockages to that so this could be a relationship is that you're dating that you can't get into it or it could be that you want to get into a particular career but you are unable to because there aren't that many opportunities, you don't have the networking, it requires another degree which you can't afford. And so there's these two elements. And if you are questioning your life and you are questioning either the things you already have in your life that you are committed to or you are continuing to get overly frustrated by being locked out of scenarios, let's disclaimer here, like we can't have everything in life. It's when it gets to a point that you feel like it's an overwhelm and that there's no other way out, that it leaves you feeling lost and helpless, essentially. It is not just the fact that that hasn't happened for you yet or just that fleeting moment of, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be single again? Um, Obviously, being a single girls podcast, I'm imagining that it's not that you're currently in a relationship massively, although I'm welcome to anybody listening to this. But it could be that you reflect on things that happened. I didn't know that I was experiencing a quarter-life crisis when I was experiencing a quarter-life crisis. I think I may have come across one article when I was Googling some things, but I didn't pay inherent attention to it that much. It was actually, I would say, a year and a half later that I came across the term again and then decided to look into it in more depth. And from that, I now realise or personally have decided that that is what was happening in my life. So this might not be a present tense thing. It might be that you're reflecting on things that have happened in the past. It might even help you understand somebody else's behaviour. It might allow you to understand when they were explaining it before that you didn't really get it. I'm not sure my ex ever got the fact that I just couldn't comprehend being in this being in a relationship, being married and having this pathway paved out. And I probably didn't articulate it as good as I could now because I didn't really have the understanding and I couldn't understand the confusion and the lost feeling. And so 
Chances are a relationship is not the current status, although if it is, welcome. Uh, but otherwise, this might be something you reflect on later or it might be a feeling you have in the future. So there was a recent TikTok video that I popped out which was about when you're dating someone and then two months in, they say they like you, but they want to focus on their career and other things. And there's been some different responses to that video. I have my own interpretation, but some people are like, well, why are they on dating sites then? Or why don't they know that they didn't know that? Why can't they say that from the start? And whilst that's not necessarily a quarter life crisis, I think that sometimes everybody can be operating from a concept of what they think they should be doing. So that person may have been going on dating sites because they thought that's what they should be doing. And they continue to because, you know, their family might be saying, oh, when are you going to find someone? Or their friends are all getting married, so they feel like they have to settle down to find someone quickly to keep up. But when it comes to it, they invest a bit of time and, you know, at whatever point the time tails off, whether that's one week, one month, two months, three months, at some point they communicate that they want to focus on other things. And the truth is, is that they might always want that for a while, that the reality of a relationship might not be what they want, but we have such conditioning around us that we don't realise that we don't want a relationship at that point in time or that we're not prepared to put the time and energy into a relationship that it requires. You know, for other people, it might just be they didn't know they didn't want a relationship. I've ex tried explaining that in the comments a couple of times. I didn't know that I didn't want a relationship till I tried dating and looked at the reality of a relationship, of what it really takes to get to know a person and to then develop feelings of love later that would follow up and rather than it be any kind of attachment style as well and the work that might need to go into that and I made that conscious decision not to follow that route for the time being I don't know when that will change and so there's all these elements that play into what's going on in our lives and feeling knocked out and it can be that experience of going through that no matter what the other person's response is um, they're still saying that they don't want to see you anymore after a, a couple of months of dating or exchanging messages regularly or whatnot and that can uh, contribute to our feeling of being locked out and not being able to get in and it demotivates us over time and it leads to that helplessness now what do you actually do once you realize that you're in the middle of a quarter life crisis change change is the answer you have to change something up you either have to change the commitments you're in or you have to change the approach you're taking to trying to get into certain scenarios. You have to change things. And that can feel difficult because there's all these people around you that are telling you to go on one path and the conflict is coming from that to a degree. Or even if they're not saying it to you, it's something that you believe your family and your friends think you should be doing whether they're saying it or not because they're doing it. And it is hard to take the first plunge. It's incredibly difficult in some scenarios depending on your support levels if you have good support if you have the friends that no matter what you say you're going to do they will support you even if it's not the same as their choices they're the people that can say I wouldn't do it myself but good on you because it's the right thing for you that's the kind of friends that you want to identify and you might not have them yet and so you can feel like that feeling of it being daunting and that's what we kind of work on in the single girls club and the principle that I wanted to build it upon was that you get to choose what your life is so there isn't an encouragement that just because you're single you are dating yes it's one of the topics that comes up quite a lot 
But there's also the element of that if you choose not to date right now and you don't want a relationship, so be it. If you choose to actively want to date every weekend, then go do it and do it properly and be prepared for all that that comes with and be prepared for if you choose not to date and what you have as the fear of missing out and things like that. But you've got to find at least one level of support. It only has to be one person or one community or one piece of encouragement. It might just be this podcast, but it's the idea that you have to start making those changes in your life and they're going to be different. And it might be that you realise the changes now that you made without realising them. Again, it could be a reflection point that you look back and go, oh, I changed that and that happened and it made me feel like this. Now, you can't go throughout your life constantly changing everything thinking that's going to fix it. That would feel like you're always trying to make the external match or fulfil what you're looking to fulfil. And so there's a fine balance between constantly changing lots of external features to also having an internal feeling of acceptance of things. And so changing your outlook as well can be really important. Ultimately, if you have an instinctual feeling that things aren't right, we often know that our gut is right. There's a physiological matching of why we're feeling, literally feeling something because it's really deep down what our mind knows or our thoughts know, even if we're not aware of them. And so it's all about changing perspectives, going internal with your thoughts and feelings. Like You don't just change it in a snap. You kind of change it having really put thought and reflection into it. It's like, do I not want this? Do I really not want this? What do I actually see for myself? And if you can dig to that and get a clear picture, then you're following the right thing. If you're digging and you're going, well, I want a different career because my friend's got one and it looks so much better than mine, then you're in a comparison nature. That's not quite the right thing that's going to be pushing us into the right direction. You've got to be doing things for the right reasons. And that is that I can't do this because it's limiting that. I really don't want this because I feel like I've missed out on this opportunity. And you've got to be prepared for loss. Within change, there is loss. So if you change your job, then chances are, particularly if you then change career, chances are there's going to be a hit to money, which then can lead to the loss of the current lifestyle you lead. You might have to compromise a bit more and not go out as much. You won't be able to afford the latest things straight away. There is always compromise to the change that you're making. However, later down the line, if you are then successful in that career and you are able to build yourself up in the way that you want, then obviously you reap the benefits later on. And maybe the money doesn't matter to you because if you're turning up every single day and you're not really loving it, then is it worth the time and the hours that you're putting into it? Whereas if you went to a lesser paid job that you were passionate about because your passions are allowed to change, just to let you know, then maybe it wouldn't matter how much you're getting paid because your time feels valuable and you feel like you're reconnecting to meaningful values, which is another element, another aspect that I've previously spoken about. Episode eight, why connection is so important, how to start reconnecting to yourself. And that was a discussion realistically about connecting to the world and what I read in Lost Connections by Johan Harry, which I'd highly advise to you if you are feeling lost and confused. It's phrased in terms of depression and anxiety, but I think that any feelings of confusion or conflicted feelings of what you should be doing, there are some suggested ways to kind of actually implement the ways to reconnect. And so meaningful work, meaningful values 
is one of those things where it matters and that materialistic money element and all the materialistic things you buy with that money may no longer matter because time and how you're spending your days is more important because if you're paying for all these things but not really enjoying them or not getting a chance to enjoy them then you've got to change that that job element up and it can be considering that I had a conversation with my mum about this a long time ago when I decided to start talking about the course life crisis and the concept and she said well isn't that just life and dealing with life and I think I agree yes it is but the course life crisis comes in when you feel overwhelmed by it and you don't know how to get out of it you don't feel you have the tools you don't have the confidence to leave to change things up to try something different you don't have the creativity to come up with different ways to try things and it is the overwhelm and the emotion that comes with it that makes it the course life crisis because once you have that and you get through it and you reflect on what you did and then you start to become more conscious or conscientious in your decision making going forwards you then have these same things that could have been a quarter life crisis but you deal with them in a much more effective way because you don't ignore the feeling and repress it which I think sometimes happens and builds up to a quarter life crisis but instead if you're into journaling then you've probably journaled it out you had that little inkling of I'm just not sure about this and you've written it down and then later on it comes up a week later again and you're like oh yeah I'm talking about the same thing again and it becomes an awareness and rather than it getting to a point of crisis where an absolute decision needs to be made now in order to get you out of that situation there is the element of the fact that you now know how to deal with it and to start looking out for it rather than leaving it and so you make change but without the crisis feeling, without the confusion, because you know who you are, you know what your values are. And that's the benefit of the quarter life crisis. The quarter life crisis for a strong majority, again, according to Dr. Oliver Robinson's research, is that people see it as an opportunity of growth and that they come out the other side having learnt more about themselves and having this confidence The most challenging things can be the things that allow us to grow the most uh, and to become the person that we're meant to become. It can feel scary at the time, like you just want to get rid of it because am I the only one that feels like this? Am I the only one that doesn't have this together? Am I the only one questioning this path? When in actual fact there's loads of you, loads of us in fact, experiencing that and we're all learning how to deal with it because the first seven years of our life we were learning the original programming and then for another 10 to 15 to 20 years or so we were just doing what we were told and thought we needed to do then we start to think maybe there's a different way and maybe I want something different and that's okay you just need to be able to spot it and know that a quarter life crisis is work throughable you can get through it it will be okay and there is a benefit to it the other side you need to do that through making change and being aware of the change you're making and why and just have that level of support as well whether it is someone that's close to you or there is a network you already have such as friends and family or you want to build one and join the single girls club for that kind of community element of things either way I hope that this episode's given you some ideas about how to spot that quarter life crisis at what points in your life maybe you've already had one but didn't realize it was one Or the fact that you're now worrying about 
that you didn't have one and when's it going to happen? But maybe it won't because you already know about it. If we knew to listen to ourselves earlier, would so many people experience that quarter life crisis? If we knew that there were people out there that had already gone through that, and in hindsight, they were able to reflect and say, look, if you just keep an eye on actually how you feel and don't compromise it going forward, would you compromise? Some people will because they'll not realise they're doing it and they'll still worry about sticking to what they think they should. Sometimes it takes us to have that overwhelm and that negative experience to learn. We all have to have our own journeys. And no matter how many times someone tells us that before it happens, we have to go through it ourselves to learn. And that's what life is. Whilst you can take lessons from people that came before you, and it's probably the most effective way, sometimes it doesn't have the impact if we haven't experienced it for ourselves. But it's worth knowing it in case it is something to come. And that so if it does happen, you don't feel completely and utterly like you're the only one or like there's no way out. Otherwise, I encourage you to pay attention, be aware and make the changes that you want in your life. If you've enjoyed this episode, feel free to DM me and let me know. Screenshot taking a listen to it and put it on your stories uh, and I'll be able to see that there as well. Tag me in it uh, so I can find you too. I hope that you are encouraged to reflect on your life and also stay tuned for next week's episode. I will see you then and until next time, keep thriving.